Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Dazzlers podcast. This is part two of my conversation with Matt Petrie. So join me in the study and we will pick up where he left off. Welcome to the Dazzlers podcast. As men, we are not simple. We are multifaceted. I am Jay LaVar of LaVar Legacy. And I'm Tony O from The All Around Life, discussing the things you think about, but maybe don't talk about. So come on in and join us in the study. So I'm out in the hallway, I'm, man, I'm bawling my eyes out as there's 20 nurses in the room wow. trying to work on my son um, and do all this stuff. <laughs> Funny enough, they had actually sent the priest up just because the nurse thought she was helping out by just saying, hey, I just want to send somebody up for you to be able to talk to you, just somebody to be with you. And, it, and, and, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, right. of all the people I literally thought you were sending... <laughs> Uh, you know, the uh, the Grim Reaper to come see me type deal, <laughs> right. right, scenario. Right, um, right. You know, so so obviously all the stuff with my son, he gets moved up another level. Um, he was he was in there because he basically had pneumonia. Um, he had a cold type virus. Actually, he had coronavirus, which oh. before everybody freaks out, coronavirus is an umbrella of basically cold viruses. Um, there are so many different types of coronavirus, right? Mm -hmm. Not everything's COVID-19. No, my son did not bring that to this country um, type deal, but, (laughs) but there, but there, so he had two different types, strains of that. Um, While he was there, he got E. coli. What? Um, Hospital. Yep. He got, actually he got E. coli from the intubation tube uh, because bacteria can grow on it. Anyway, so he got treated for that as well while I was there. Um, he wasn't doing so well on that oxygen either. They then had to move him to the next step. So the next step is what they call an oscillator. So an oscillator is is an archaic machine that is very, very, very rarely used. So out of all the kids on a floor in the PICU, um, you would maybe have one or two who would have an oscillator out of let's say 40 kids who are on, who are intubated. Mm-hmm. So the next step up from that is we would have had to move him to a different hospital and he would have been on full life support. Um, meaning they would have taken over every single function of his body. Um, basically that's almost the end, right? If you will. Um, so we, we're like on the fifth rung of this six rung ladder. We don't have much more rope that we can go down. Um, this, while he was on the oscillator, uh, he was chemically paralyzed and he was chemically sedated, um, for, for, um, he was in PICU for 42 days. Um, during those, during those days, he had, um, somewhere in the neighborhood between 14 and 18 blood transfusions. Um, he had more needles and stuff sticking out of him than than I care to remember. Um, and for 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 those months, we watched my life. My son lay unconscious on a bed. Um, couldn't touch him. Couldn't pick him up. Um, couldn't move him because because of how the machine vibrates in their body. Um, and it makes her whole body shake nonstop, 24 hours a day. Um, because so in his lungs, he had, I would say probably between five and 10% uh, 
usage of his lungs. When they took x-rays of his lungs, they do this every single day. Um, you would see a picture and x-ray of his lungs and they would say, hey, so you see, so the clear area of his lungs is good tissue. The white area, the white cloudy area of his lungs is, is basically pneumonia or fluid buildup in his lungs. And the first time we saw that, my wife was like, are you sure? Because like, I don't see any clear part clear right like yeah that's that's kind of the problem that it is um and so the oscillator essentially um does little tiny puffs of air in and out makes them breathe really fast uh because a you don't want to force your lungs too hard because then they can break or burst if you will right um so you have to just utilize that very 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 tiny part of the lungs that are that are good um and hopefully you also break a lot of that phlegm and stuff up right so so as adults, the reason we do better with pneumonia conscious because we can cough. And when right. you cough, you break up that that mucus and that fluid in your lungs so that you can then move it through the rest of your body. Well, little kids and especially kids who are intubated or whatever cannot do that, right? So they have no way to break up and move that stuff. So they have a problem, but they can't – they don't have a way to make it better. Oh, man. So um, – how old is he at this point? So he, so sorry, thank you. Three months, almost to the day, is when he went into the, um, when he went into ICU. Okay. Uh, he was there until he was five months old. Wow. Um, we then and we talked to every kind of specialist there was in the hospital. And at this point, we're in the ICU. We really don't understand what's going on with him. We really weren't actually privy to the big problem because if he could not get over the part with his lungs then nothing else mattered so that was the first problem we had to deal with right once he got over the part with his lungs we were then moved to um, the aflac floor so if you know scottish right if you know what the aflac floor is first of all i'm sorry that you do because um that means that your child either has bone marrow failure a blood disorder or has cancer um, it is a different wing of the hospital. Um, we were moved there because his 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 blood counts were dropping every single day, like like bottoming out, which is why he kept having to have blood transfusions, either platelets or red blood cells or whatever it may be he needed to have each day. Um, but he had all these you know all these transfusions pumped in and out. Um, so we got to move to this other floor. Um, like I said, we thought we were moving there because it was like, okay, his his bone marrow just isn't acting right. Something's not right with it. They kept kind of guessing, hey, his bone marrow is very immature because he's so young. So there's, there's a, a million and one different scenarios it could be. They were very vague as far as what's going on. We didn't really know. So we get moved to this other floor. Um, he he starts recovering a little bit. Um, his by the time by the time we got out of the ICU, his lungs were in in pretty good shape. Okay. Uh, big picture. Um, and so we were able to. He was stable, able to be taken off of all breathing machines. So we were able to be moved, which was that's awesome. It's it's a hey man. If you ever want to ask me about that, that's another seven and a half hour story i can tell you but <laughs> right. um so we get moved to this other floor um 
we're not really freaking out at this point in time because we're just happy that our son's alive and that um, we're, we're able to just, hey, we're taking it day by day, right? We don't have any expectations. We're just, we're grateful for what we get. Right. So um, you have to wait uh, several days, if not several weeks for, for certain bone marrow tests. So they do what they call a bone marrow aspirate, which is stick a needle basically in his hip. Um, get some bone marrow, and then send it off the test. Well, so my wife is at home again, and I'm there by myself. Um, just happened to be the rotation. I'm not trying to say my wife was never there because she was there just as much as I was. Just yeah, I just happened course, to always get lucky with the bad news. <laughs> but um, So I saw a doctor who, who essentially gave me some test results and took me out in the hallway and talked to me about um, some test results and being honest with you, I, I don't really know what any of it meant. Doctors, it's not like in movies. So in movies, they don't just come out and say, hey, you have this. Um, they always speak in obviously medical terms. And the medical term for what, for, for what you and I know as something that we saw on TV is not, is not what they tell you, right? They tell mm-hmm. you the, the, the word that has 75 letters in the alphabet in it. And, <laughs> and so then you have to go back afterwards. And I went back in the room kind of being like, okay, I don't know what these results mean. And so back to what I do, I hop on my phone and start Googling stuff. Um, and I Googled something and I Googled it. Um, and it didn't really, like I said, I don't really know what I was kind of reading. And I called my wife right away and, and she was like, I was like, yeah, we just got some test results back. And like, I almost couldn't say it, but I was like, uh, our, our son has cancer. Oh, man. And that was like something we never thought we were going to say. Right. No parent would, right? Of course. Um, so, of course, my wife has like, you know, <laughs> my wife and I are the worst whenever, you know, if my wife takes my, my kids to the, to, to the doctor, I'm always like, okay, did you ask this? Did you ask this? Did you ask right, this? Did you right, ask this? Yeah, She's like, at, at, no. Point, and I'm like, yeah. well, why didn't you ask this? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> well, this time I, you know, I get the earful where my wife is like, okay, well, right. what about this and this? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, babe, I, I really don't know. I just, I, I got this news and I just was like, okay, thanks for giving me this paper. And <laughs> now I'm Googling it. And now I'm trying to figure out what's going on with our kid. Um, and so, so Bennett has, um, he has MDS, which is myelodysplastic syndrome, um, which, which I can go into a lot more specific things that he has, but it's essentially bone marrow failure. Um, okay. it's, it's, it's blood cancer. So hmm. cancer of the blood. So, um, it's also named pre-leukemia. So what it is, is basically the what you have that if not treated or turns funky or whatever it may be turns into leukemia and so obviously we all know what leukemia is uh, we've all heard about leukemia and we know leukemia right, is not right, a good right. thing right but like i said uh that we we all it does for us is just raise four million other questions and and it sucks because you can't get the answers right away because you have to wait on more tests Right. You have to wait on more tests and more tests and more tests and more tests and more tests. Um, so at this point in time, we're in the hospital and and they're talking about sending their, we were probably in the AFLAC floor 
I don't know, maybe a week and a half, something like that. Um, and they're like, okay, so we're going to be sending him home soon. Um, and I'm like, hold on. Yeah, Two weeks ago, to... my son was paralyzed on a, on a, on a hospital bed in ICU with stuff sticking out his neck, stuff sticking out his heart, stuff sticking out all over the place. And now you're literally about to tell me I'm going to go home and take care of all this by myself. And they start arming you with, Hey, you've got to take, um, you've got to take these, uh, machines home that will drip feed him food and that will do IVs for him and that will do all the stuff. And you're like, and I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm not you. I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm just a normal guy. My wife's just a normal woman. And what, like, (laughs) what are you talking about here? Like, no, keep him here. Keep him here. Keep him here. This is where he needs to be. Um, But obviously we know that's not how it works in the real world. At some point in time, you have to, you have to, you know, move on and, and, and do stuff yourself. And um, so my son has a, he has a line um, that, they um, it's called a central line um, and a lot of people have them in different places who get any kind of cancer treatment or or prolonged um, needing transfusions all the time or blood draws all the time so he has a line that basically goes it comes out of his chest um, and goes all through his neck all the way to him to a main to main artery in his body and so um, you know so they're giving us lessons like hey this is how you get to change the dressing on this line that is coming outside of your five months old chest. And then this is how you run the machine that feeds him food that goes in through his nose all the way to his stomach. And this is how you work this other machine. And this is how, this is the emergency kit that you get that if he pulls this line out of his chest, this is how you stop him from dying immediately. Oh my gosh. And it's so surreal and so overwhelming that it's almost unbelievable. Now, looking back on it, this is over a year ago, you know, it's, it's, Hey, I can do all this stuff with my eyes closed. Um, But yeah, so my son has a, has a line in his chest. We change the dressing. It's, it's basically a big sticker that goes over it that protects it from, from everything. Uh, we change that at least once a week. It's a procedure that takes about 15 to 20 minutes. My wife and I both have to do it, have to be in a sterile environment. We have to do all this kind of crazy stuff. Um, we're basically in hazmat gear while we do all these different things. Um, wow. And uh, we do that once a week. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's our normal home life. That's, that's kind of differed. Uh, people laugh and I, I, I feel ashamed to be part of people who don't take COVID seriously and can't wear um, and can't just do whatever they can to help out the rest of the world because right. my son and myself have been um, quarantined since he was five months old. Right. So we've been doing this. It ain't that hard. Um, but my, my, cause my son doesn't, he doesn't have an immune system. Right. He can't be in gen pop because, um even before all this stuff if he were to get sick his body does not know how to have a way to fight something if he gets sick 
And so if we don't catch it early enough, right, it's a lot worse on him than it is on me and you. Um, you know, so, so, so we've been, we've been kind forever. of practicing this all along, but yeah, with, with, with that being said, right. All that, all that crappy stuff that, that we've kind of been through, uh, my son lives a normal life, man. Outside of the fact really? that he can't go to daycare, never, never can go to daycare currently. Um, he lives a normal life, like I said, man. And, and we have lots of friends and family that if you never saw him with his shirt off, you would never yeah, know that anything was know. ever wrong with him, right? You would never, never, never know. Um, he runs around like a normal kid. Everything's cool. We just that's amazing. We have to be very careful with him. Um, we so so with all this stuff, like I said, we've been watching his um he goes at least once a month i take him to the doctor where he goes and gets a uh he gets a medicine giving intravenous given in his iv um because he can't fight certain things he gets he gets given a medicine called pentamidine but it essentially helps people with no immune system to be able to uh, kind of fight certain things um okay so i take him there once a month and he gets his blood drawn and every month we get all his blood counts back and my wife and I are smart enough now to be able to look at his blood counts and understand what what his blood count numbers mean and and all these different things. Like if you were to look at, it, you'd be like, "What the hell am I looking at?" And I'd be like, "Oh, this, this education this, you've this, gotten this. with all of that, well, man." Yeah, it's an unfortunate education, right? So, um, but we do that once a month, um, and and we he's just been monitored, and every six months he goes in and gets a uh, a bone marrow aspirate done to kind of check and see how his um, how his cancerous cells are doing. Um, so along this path, we kind of find out, uh, I'm sorry, I know this is a really long story, but, but I'm sure you can make this under seven hours, um, <laughs> and, and, and post, right? So, so, so throughout this thing, we've, we've been watching and we want eagerly watch every six months as, as test results as they come back to see has stuff gotten worse because what we've been kind of told about what he has is that, right? So the solution for, bone marrow failure um or 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 cancer has to do with blood or whatever the solution uh if you will is is a bone marrow transplant so we've been holding off on it because in a kid his young and because he doesn't have it in the grand scheme of things um that bad if you will okay um Right, because it's all it's all relative and stuff, but but he's in a stable, safe state. Okay. So it's kind of like, hey, do we disrupt this with this very not safe procedure? Right, right, because if bone marrow doesn't take, um, or what you're doing right, and when when you get um, when you get treatment for cancer, um, you know, when you get all this stuff, is they kill all of the good stuff you have left going on in your body in order to start over with a clean slate and, and a noon bone marrow. And hopefully everything starts to grow normal from there. Right. It's like trying to plant, plant something in a garden without weeding it first. It's not going to work because the weeds are just going to come back. You have to scrap everything and start fresh from, from whatever. And right. So all that stuff is a very dangerous um, stuff to go through if you don't have to go through it at that right. point in time. So he's been very stable. So it's like, We've been kind of holding off and saying, okay, when do we do it? So we've had meetings with uh, with bone marrow transplant teams and had to go through insurance and certain things get covered and 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 
it happens to be what my son has is, is very rare. Um, his, his certain mutation of, of what he has is, is very rare, let's say. Um, and so we've gotten to know and see a bunch of very special doctors. And so, um, just so happened that we were about to do sign them up for transplant and we were all of a sudden we were informed that our doctors that we currently were working with had met with another doctor um in memphis that goes to st jude's um cancer research in, in memphis and they had actually shared my son's story if you will at their yeah. at their meeting of the minds or whatever the heck you want to call it and through that sharing basically saying hey this is a mystery that we have going on um you know does anybody have any thoughts on it type deal and so i'll throw this out too so with my son part of the reason we didn't weren't moving forward with certain things is because at a certain point his his blood counts were actually going up which was really cool and we were getting really excited but then they basically dove again and they just weren't weren't they weren't holding so we knew that there's an issue and we knew something had to be done well so they had at their at their um at their meeting, they actually had a doctor who, come to find out, actually specializes in in my son's specific case. Um, he's actually one of the leading doctors in, in the country, if not the world, um, in Memphis. And so they were like, hey, you guys need to go see this doctor in Memphis. You guys need to get a second opinion. And so we found that news out literally like two days before we were supposed to schedule his his um his uh bone marrow transplant so we're like okay do we go through with this transplant uh do we go to memphis what do we do what are we supposed to do we don't know what's going on and so uh we went to so we ended up going to memphis we saw this doctor and the last news we had kind of heard was like hey we're just going to watch bennett and just see how he does well so we go to mm -hmm. memphis see this doctor he sits me and my wife down we're thinking hey he's just going to tell us that yep continue on the course you're on at excuse me continue the course of action you're on right now he doesn't need a transplant right now we're just going to watch him if he gets worse then we'll do something if he doesn't then we're just going to ride it out and it possibly could self-correct so we're like all right cool so you know me and me and him will just be stay-at-home buddies for for a few years or whatever it needs to be but you know big picture that's okay mm -hmm. um so we get there and he he tells us he's basically like okay so here's the scenario your son has so he has myelodysplastic syndrome with monosomy 7 with samd 9l samd 9l happens to be the specific mutation he has um and he's like see this big list of all these different mutations this and in they're all listed out and he's like so this one right here this is what happened in this scenario and this is the other documented one this is the other documented one and we're mm. like okay well, where's where's you know where's our son on this list and they're like oh well it's uh it's it's right here and i'm like okay cool so what's happened with people who've had that war and he's like oh well your son is actually the first documented case to ever have this what and i'm like Man, you know, if 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 there was anything we wanted to win, this is not yeah. the genetic lottery we wanted to win, right? We, <laughs> He's the first in this. <laughs> yeah, you know, to say to say my son is one of a kind um, is actually true. It's very true. Right? <laughs> um, um, but he said, 
you know, like I said, we were kind of expecting him to say, hey, just continue on what you're doing. And he's like, we're going to have to do a couple more tests. He said, well, first of all, we've got to test mom and dad, meaning me and my wife, to see if we were carriers of this and it just didn't affect us. Because if we were, then that means our daughter's got to be tested because she also now is in danger of also having the same thing. Um, so we kind of, and, and then he also said, um, so if we look at this and we're, we're kind of trying, we're trying our best to pick and, and grab answers out of him, but you know, doctors have a very, very smart about promising things or committing to an answer because, you know, they don't want to give false hope and they don't, exactly if they're unsure about stuff, they don't want to, to say it. So long story short is he basically said out of the scenarios, we're going we're gonna to test him and see if he has these other identifiers that would lead us to believe that he is not going to get better on his own, that he is going to need some kind of intervention. And we're like, okay, well, what percentage are we looking at here? And, it's, and if I remember correctly, there's probably about a 10% chance that he would get better on his own. Or let me rephrase that, that would, he would be left alone. So we kind of left there with not only were we a little kicked in, kicked in the teeth as far as like we were kind of open nothing's ever going to happen but we kind of leave with the basically basically there's no chance with our luck currently with him there's no no chance that he's going to be kind of left alone hmm. um which we're like okay well that's what life has dealt us that's just hey that's what we're going to do and then but the scariest part or the saddest part if you will is that i went in that visit to the hospital thinking one of my kids has cancer and I left wondering if both my kids have cancer. Yeah. Because when they test us, if they come back and say, my wife and I are carriers, then it's possible. We now have to watch my daughter for the rest of her life. And that broke my heart because as, 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 as parent, right, anything we pass genetically along to our kids, obviously, is not done intentionally. Of course. Right. However, it, it it's because of us, right? We yeah. we did it to them. Um and, and it's so hard to like yeah. be okay with. Um and you know, I'd even told myself I'm like, you know, if they tell us that one of us is a carrier for this thing I don't want to know which one of us is because I don't want to beat ourselves up over it. Like there's no reason to, you know, point fingers that you did this or whatever it may be. Um, So I was, I was real, real, you know, you and I talked and that's kind of when I was going to come on and do the show and I was like, dude, I need to wait till I get these test results back. I need to kind of find, figure out what's going on. So I get a little bit better of a picture. And so um, cool part is we got test results back and neither of us are carriers. Good. So my son's, case is just an isolated case for him um and and hopefully it means my daughter's fine and stuff and along with that the same phone call my my wife got that we also got the results that basically my son hopefully will fall in that 10 percent of he's just going to get better on his own because there's nothing that they found that would lead them to believe that he would need any kind of intervention currently Okay, we're going to have to keep good. watching him or we're going to have to keep doing everything we possibly can. I'm still take him every month. He still has to stay home. 
Um, and then we have a very, very long road ahead of us. Hopefully by the time he's like five or six, um, hopefully stuff should get better. My wife and I got that news and we just hugged each other and we just cried. And yeah, um, it was the first bit of good news that we had gotten since my son was three months old. You, you see people and you hear about, hey, my son or my daughter was diagnosed with this. And then four years later, you know, we finally, he, he or she finally got better or he or she finally got, got worse or whatever. And you're like, dude, how the heck do you survive like on, yeah. on all that stuff for years and years and years and years. But I mean, you do it and you just yeah. go through with it because like I said, life, life doesn't care um, about feelings. You have no direction to go, but forward. You have no option and you have to keep going forward. You have to keep dealing with stuff, right? You have to keep dealing with bills. You have to keep dealing with problems that you have in relationships and all that stuff. You do not have a choice about it. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that helps you through because, because there's, there's no escaping. I mean, as a parent, you have to take care of your kid. There mm -hmm. is nobody else that can do it for you. You are the last line of defense for them, right? And all this stuff is not something that's talked about amongst teens who are, who are doing stuff that, and not being safe, doing stuff that could possibly make them parents. It's not being talked about people who, you know, are, are, are currently pregnant. And, and that's a huge, huge downfall to, for us as, as parents, as society that, you know, we do not make sure people are mentally prepared to deal with all these things. I'm very, very fortunate to be in a very, very tight knit family. And I have a whole lot of support around me. Um, you know, my wife and I imagine what would we have done if we did not live alone. close to family, right? right? We couldn't just run off to the hospital. We couldn't, right. we couldn't do all these things. We couldn't afford to do these things. Um, you know, um, but we're, we're in a very fortunate scenario and, um, yeah. So, I mean, medically, and obviously I don't, you know, I want to talk about more stuff about me being a dad, but, uh. It's it's been a uh, journey. <laughs> no, it's it's that's, that's very very helpful from an educational standpoint because, like you said, we don't talk about this. It's bad enough that a lot of men don't express their feelings as much as we should. Um, but again, to know what we are going through, especially with our children, and, and I appreciate you explaining all of this because there's probably a father right now who's going through some stuff where they're still waiting on results, you know, and. And their situation may not be as unique, but that feeling is still the same. Not knowing if you're going to lose your child today or not knowing what the net, what the future looks like for them. Will you always be at home with them for the rest of their life? You know? Um, yeah. And, so. you know, I, it it puts stuff in perspective. Mm. Um, you know, I know with stuff you've dealt with with your son has definitely put your perspective of your previous three. Right. Right. In, in a different light. Um, you know, when you look back and you think this is tough that you're dealing with now, well, don't worry. It can, it can get tougher. Right. right. You need to be, right. be thankful for what you have. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and take care of what you currently have. Don't go looking right. for 
what what else can I have? Because you need to figure out how to appreciate what you currently have because that may not always be there. Yes. Um, and it may not always be that easy. As a as a father, um, going through all these emotions and um what have you been doing to keep yourself sane? Um, I mean, this is a roller coaster of again, there's no I I can't imagine the thoughts of, you know, feeling like this could be it or we may lose our child. Like, what have you been doing to keep yourself positive and going through it? I know you you have you have a lot of family around, um, but in those quiet moments, man, when it's just you, what, what, what do you do, man? Well, I used to play video games a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. But then, you know, as you know, and I know you've, you, you've, been able to be creative about it over the years um i don't i don't find a lot of time to do video games and once my kids are asleep i'm like you know half awake half trying to do everything i wish i did during the day right um so for one thing i play golf which is kind of my outlet to get out i'm I'm real big into golf now um and i i do a whole lot of internet window shopping yeah. <laughs> um, and I do uh <laughs> um no, you know what, man? Um so obviously obviously we all have to do our things to kind of break away from stuff, but Right, of course. I I am lucky in that I love no, I no, love being so. around my kids, man. Yeah, um, that's what's up. It being around your kids, you you as long as you can break it up from the dad role and sometimes play the friend role and sometimes figuring out how can you get from your kids something back as, as well as give, right. So we give a lot of love and give a lot of support and we give a lot of um, direction to our kids, but, but they can also give it back. Right. I mean, yeah. my kids are like my friends, man. I, I play with them. They, you know, my daughter talks to me about stuff. Um, we laugh together, we play together, do all stuff and things. So, so I mean, maybe That's a little awesome. bit of that. And also, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for, for where I'm at. I mean, I, I, I never, like I said, my wife and I lived life and nothing ever happened for a while. And so, you know, obviously part of you is, as, as any couple might, you, you start to wonder, Hey, will, can we even get pregnant? Can we even, mm-hmm. you know, is this even a thing for us? And so, you know, I will say for me mentally, I kind of thought that maybe we never would. And and so kind of now it's just, it's just a part of enjoying and appreciating for this stuff. You know, like I said, part of what I've been through too, is that I, I honestly don't know when the last day could possibly be sometimes. Yeah. Um, Not to be doom and gloom. Right. But, but even if, even if my kids were perfectly healthy, that's still not a given, right. not a guarantee. And I think part of it being easier on me because I have my wife is a super, super woman and, and it's cool. So real quick and not to, not to sidetrack, even though I'm going to anyways, but I heard you <laughs> listen to your podcast, talked about you guys is, you know, when y'all talked about you and Tony talked about your roles in the daily routine. Um, yeah. So I have, I have several roles that I, so up until the age of three, I I gave my daughter every bath except for two that she ever had. Uh, my son, <laughs> I've given my son every single bath he's ever had. Um, I 
every morning before my daughter went to school, I gave her her bottle and I got her up and I got her dressed to go to school every single day because my wife used to take her to daycare right next to her work um, before there. And so it was my job before my son was born to take care of my daughter basically in the morning. Mm -hmm. And, and those were things that I found that I could do not only to help out our relationship, my wife's relationship, but also spend quality alone time with my, my daughter. Um, and so finding those things um, is, is, is super helpful because as a dad, it puts value to, to me as, as a man as well. Right. Um, yes. as, as a man, we all want to feel needed and wanted, right. We all want to feel, we all want to be that, that, uh, that shelter for our loved ones. I feel like I've done a good job because my kids sometimes will ask for me to do it instead of mommy. Hmm. Um, you know what I mean? And, and we all yeah, get that really good yeah. feeling where it's like, yeah, of course you want me to do it instead of mommy. Yeah. Daddy does a better job anyway. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also that other scenario where you're like, no, please let mommy do that with you. Right. Daddy doesn't want to do it. Let daddy go to bed. Mommy can lay with you and put you to sleep and all that stuff. And my wife like just laughs her way. My wife will be of like, course. why don't you go lay down with, with Lily tonight? And, and maybe it'll be unlike the other 400 nights and she'll want you to lay down. <laughs> And then, and then two minutes later, my wife comes with her swagger back in the bedroom. She's like, no, nope. she's like, nope, she wants you. And I'm like, oh, yippee. Yay. Um, no, you know, you know, so to get back to it, I think my unwinding is a little different, right? You know, so I've kind of recalibrated into how much I need um, in some weeks and some days. I need it more than most. I know probably three nights ago, my son was waking up in the middle of the night, which he very rarely does. But I woke my wife up and like I said, I'm a stay at home dad, so I do not work. My wife works. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's my job to take care of the kids through the night because, you know, my wife needs her sleep, obviously, right? So mm-hmm. um I woke my wife up and I'm like, I'm sorry, but you need to come deal with your son because I cannot do it anymore. Yeah. Um and I th- and, and I think it's another thing, right? It's important to recognize those moments, right? I have no shame in saying that I often get frustrated um, with my kids, right? I, I do not enjoy the baby phase. Right. (laughs) Like pre nine months, I would be just as happy with sending that kid to a, to a, to a place to be raised for the first nine months and then give me the kid when they turn nine months old and I'll take over. Right. (laughs) Now, where I'm very lucky is my wife loves that phase. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. So my phase where my daughter is right now, where she's six and four, and talks and talks back to my wife and and all that's a little brat sometimes. I love that phase. I don't mind that phase. My wife, on the other hand, she's like, "Nope, you deal with your daughter." Yeah. And so, so it's cool because it works. You know, you know, it's important to make sure that, you know, for me, where my weaknesses are, my wife's strengths are. Right. And also the flip side around, we're very, very lucky. We didn't plan it out that way, but we're very, very lucky when it comes to that. Um, but, you know, that communication as far as understanding between people who are, whomever we may be, whether it be family helping you raise a kid or, or spouse or whomever helping you raise, having that communication of, of what you need and when you need help and not being yes. afraid to say you need help. Yes. Um Right. We, we talk about you need to 
prevent those problems before they happen, right? So get to it. You don't want to wait till you get to the breaking point because right. by the time you get to the breaking point and to where we can get frustrated, you know, nobody wants to not enjoy their kids. Right, of course. Right, and we all feel a little bad afterwards when when you look back and you're like, man, I wish I could have found a, a way, if possible, to enjoy this certain time with my kids as opposed to being frustrated and upset all the time. Thank you for sharing, man. That that did I put you to sleep yet? No, nah, man. No, this is good because you know you and I've been talking from time to time over what's going right. on with Bennett, and so. Um, but this is new for our listeners, and um, as a father, I I could not imagine what you were feeling. You know, yeah, at, at I mean, all. like it's it's it's. You, I couldn't try because it's, it's just that that feeling in your stomach, in your heart. You just feel like it just goes through the to the floor. Yeah, you know what? You know situation. what's funny is um, when you're when you're in in your own personal scenarios, you always, you know, obviously a lot of times it seems a lot worse to outsiders looking in. But right, you know, I I can I can easily name you five things off the top of my head that I am not envious of somebody's scenario. Um, I will, I will say this to not only you, but just other people who have to deal with kids who are going to have a lifelong journey with some stuff Yeah, is, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm able to be a little bit thankful because I know hopefully this will pass with my child yes. and then they will be able to live a um, average, average life, if you will. I mean, right. but I can't say that for everybody. And, right. and, and I don't know that I, you know, like I said, I'm I, that 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 sucks too, man. Like I said, yeah. you know, cool part is, and and I know you're a good friend of mine and stuff, and and we're very very similar, and um, it's cool. Like I said, it's cool for you to do this because a, I know this is something you're passionate about, and this is something you'd be really good doing. But but knowing you have other people you can go to and talk about all this stuff is right. Um, kind of kind of the key to making it through. Um, yeah as as dads to be able to do all this stuff but yeah i mean for, for anybody out there if anybody's listening and and it, it wants to know more about my scenario or has questions about their scenario or just wants somebody to talk to about something very similar i mean please uh if you don't reach out to me please reach out to somebody else to talk to because because there are a lot of a lot of stuff out there and just because you're a man just because you're a dad doesn't mean you are going to be thought of as any less by anybody that matters and also for nothing man if there's any dads in the area that want to play golf <laughs> i love <laughs> playing golf so so i mean anybody out there wants to play some golf too get, gets me away from my kids well the funny thing is I, I actually take my daughter to play golf with me too so oh that's awesome that's yeah it's, it's cool it's cool but well, that's, that's that's what's great about this uh, the community that we have with the Dads List, and um, you guys can always go to the website and and join our online community and be able to. We publish new stories about new dads that get added on, and you could hear these podcasts, and uh, we can connect. You know, and we'll have access to everyone's information. So uh, that's that's kind of the point of it all. And so, thank you so much for sharing all of this, Matt. Um, and we'll continue to stay in touch and. Um, a lot of these dads will probably bring back on later on for updates and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll have to do, we'll have to do a part two later where I, where I can talk about all the fluffy 
excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most cool. definitely. Yeah. But do so with that, man, thank you so much for joining us today, man. And um, continue to keep me posted what's going on with the kids with Bennett and Lily and um, shout out to your wife. Uh, she's been amazing. I've met her a few times and uh, for you guys to, to be there for each other through all of this is so crucial. And, um, and I, ho- I hope our listeners were able to get a lot of value from hearing your story and the details of, of how, you know, what that looks like and what that felt like. And I, I know that's, that's what I gained from, from it today. So thank you so much, Matt. Yeah, no worries, dude. Thanks everyone for listening to the Dad's List podcast. You can find me, Tony O, on theallaroundlife.com. And you can catch me, Jay LaVar, at thedadslist.com. Make sure you download this episode as well as subscribe so you get all the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And rate our podcast, leave us a review, put a comment down and let us know how we did. And make sure you're sharing this episode with at least five of your friends who definitely need to hear it. But until then, we will see you in the next episode.